We're a, a little behind schedule over here at uh, Tachlis Talks headquarters, which is basically wherever I and my phone find themselves. But uh, we had recorded live in Moscow earlier this week and determined that there was too much background noise to uh, publish. So we're redoing this. But it was actually incredible to be in Moscow um, and davening with a huge minion chakras there. I was there Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning. I'm sorry, Tuesday morning and Thursday morning with a far too brief but incredible visit to the land of Israel, to Eretz Israel, in between those two points in time. But I was recording live. It was such a pleasure to be able to be sharing Torah words in Moscow. Those of you who remember life before podcasts, and if you go back even further, if you remember life before cell phones, and yes, for you young ones, uh, there was life before cell phones, but if you remember that period of time, you also probably remember life when Torah in Moscow was something that was done in hiding, and there was no thought of having um, kosher food available easily and and davening and, and learning sessions. And I was getting a thrill about it, this opportunity to be able to be sharing Torah words and record them and disseminate them from Moscow. But, as I mentioned, uh, determined there to be too much background noise and had to nix that version of Tachlis Talks. But instead, you're getting a live recording from back in slightly snowy Cincinnati, Ohio. And I want to talk about the upcoming Parsha. And again, as I usually do, just a reminder, this is a recording of the Tachlis Talks podcast, growth-oriented, Parsha-related Torah messages. And what I also like to do, which I failed to do uh, any time in the past bunch of weeks, uh, people have reminded me I've not been including any um, contact information. So if you do have contact, feedback, um, comments, questions... Uh, two options, um, email-wise, would be my personal email, yprice, y-p-r-e-i-s, at gmail.com, or specifically, if it's, again, growth-oriented related issues, to coaching at gmail.com. Um, but again, do send us feedback, comments, and um, on to today's discussion of the upcoming portion of B'Shalach, and for many of you, uh, due to the lateness of us uh, redoing this uh, podcast, uh, some of the providers probably won't be... Um, posting this till Shabbos. Hopefully you're going to hear this post-Shabbos then. But a combination of the upcoming portion of B'Shalach and Tu B'Shvat, which will still be timely because Tu B'Shvat is Sunday night, Monday. We have, uh, talking about travels, a lot of focus on traveling. We've left Egypt. We have gotten to the sea. We have miraculously crossed through the sea and witnessed the elimination of our Egyptian enemies after we are now on the other side of the water, successfully free of them, and sing the famous song, or to be more accurate, songs at the sea. The lengthy Az Yashir Moshe, the lengthy song of the sea that's incorporated into daily services, and a much shorter song that follows is the song that Miriam leads the women in, and it's basically the equivalent of a verse, a pasuk, one uh, Torah verse compared to the about 18 verses of the longer Song of Moses, and commentaries address the issue of the brevity, the uh, short song of the women. And I'd like to um, kind of pull out an idea that is shared in the commentaries with the following question. Does song generate emotion, or does emotion generate song? And as many of you are probably 
uh, saying, it's just I can't hear you out there in podcast land. There are elements of both. There are situations in which song generates emotion. It wasn't necessarily feeling a certain uh, emotion, but by singing about a concept, uh, the, the music, the words, the combination can generate a certain emotion. And there are times that song is reacting to emotion. The emotion generates the song. I'm just feeling such joy, or, God forbid, such sorrow, that the song, and again, song isn't literally only with music, it could be the poetry, the various expressions that are used, uh, can follow the emotion and be expressions of that emotion. Which are those, which approach is it, which is happening in our situation of the song at the sea? Is it emotion generating song, or is it song generating emotion? And commentaries describe that the ideal would be that we're there, we're at a place of a great emotional height, great emotional uh, readiness to express our gratitude to God, and just our hearts are swelling with emotion, and now it gets expressed with song. And that's what happened with the women. The women didn't need a lengthy song to build up emotion because they had the emotion. And the proof to that is the Torah's description of the tupim umcholos. The women had with them tupim, often translated as drums or timbrels, that they had taken out of Egypt with them. A little surprising. Why are they taking out timbrels? And I don't know how many of you would run to grab timbrels when you are running out of a situation, basically leaving this prison of Egypt to escape and you're going to grab maybe some food, some clothing, but musical instruments, and particularly timbrels, timbrels, which I don't even know exactly what timbrels are, but the sense, some tambourine-like tool. But whatever these were, some kind of percussion instrument, why grab instruments as you're escaping Egypt? Unless I am expecting to use these instruments in some very lofty type of endeavor, such as to sing praise to God, I feel that already. I am filled with joy and filled with elation and filled with gratitude and filled with a sense of wanting to express that in song to God, but now is not the time. And over the next days of travel, not yet the time. But when I have the opportunity, I am ready. I've got instrument in hand and I want to do so. And as such, Miriam leads the, song, the women in a very brief song, very little words are necessary to get there. They're there. just have to express it. Those words do the job. The men, on the other hand, weren't there yet. The men needed song to help generate the emotion, to bring out the emotion. The men had not taken timbrels or drums or any other instruments along for the road with them. The men left Egypt totally focused on leaving Egypt. A little bit, maybe, uh, too heavily focused on themselves rather than seeing the big picture and their relationship with God. We know that throughout our stay in Egypt, it was the women who held us men from falling to such spiritual depths that we would never recover. Bishvil Nashim Sidkaneos, it was due to the righteous women that we actually preserved uh, the, the continuity of Israel, uh, both literally and figuratively, in terms of the readiness to bear our next generation and the capacity to have them identify as Jews, uh, to identify with that relationship with God. So the women were there, and the men not quite yet, and Moshe had to build up the emotion in the men. He had to help the men get to that place, and hence the lengthier song. 
this element of the Parsha, the capacity to use song to express gratitude, the capacity to be in a state of gratitude that elicits a reaction of song, or to try to get there, to use song to build up the uh, sense of gratitude, um, can have its message related to the holiday of Tu Bishvat as well. Tu Bishvat, classically referred to as the Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year for the trees, where, starting at this juncture in Israel, the sap will start rising internal to the tree. Nothing we can tell yet, and certainly not outside of Israel, but even in Israel, it's the the, the vitality kind of being rejuvenate, rejuvenated inside of the tree, which is going to have the fruit start to bud in the hopefully near future. The appreciation of that very initial change in kind of moving away from vitality as you move into the winter and now turning the corner towards a rejuvenation in the spring is something that can't go unnoticed. It can't be, we can't lack appreciation for even that very subtle change, that capacity for there to be the future life, the growth that's going to happen down the road. And although there are other more halachic aspects to Tubishvat in terms of the count of the year of the tree for agricultural-related law, it is a time that it's also appropriate for us to appreciate the very fact that God is allowing these trees to once again bear fruit. And if you think about it, the fruit of the tree is generally something that is kind of a bonus. It's not the primary uh, source of sustenance for most uh, people in most societies. And in halacha, the fruits of the tree get the afterbracha of... Uh, it's not reflective of being a satiating entity or a, a, a fundamental entity. It's for the extras, uh, the, the very short afterbracha after eating most snacks, including the pr- produce of most trees would be the fact that God has created people and fills their needs and their pleasures. He provides the pleasures. He provides those extras that we can um, probably live our lives without. I don't know how many people uh, on a regular, weekly, monthly, or yearly basis absolutely need a carob or a pomegranate or a an apple or an orange, again, nice, wonderful bonuses with lots of wonderful flavors and lots of beautiful colors and fragrances and health benefits to boost, to boot. But they're, in a sense, extras. And Tubishvat should have us recognize that, wow, God, you're doing that for me once again. You didn't create, like, one multivitamin uh, that'll be tasteless and the source of our nutrition, but you created a world that is so vast and so beautiful, and so fragrant, and so tasty, to allow us so many extras. So even when we're not eating the fruit, to appreciate, and we're not even seeing the fruit yet, we're not plucking the fruit, but we're recognizing God's starting the process to allow that to happen. So Tubishvat can be a time that uh, helps put us into that mindset. Using song, uh, when we're down, to try to help build us up. Using song the other direction. Uh, often, many congregations or communities, when it, with the period of time leading up to Tisha B'Av, will have a kumzah, it's a musical get-together, to get in the mode of appreciating the loss, not having the perfect life in the land of Israel that will be, we're still awaiting, you know, in the, in the period of the Mashiach. So, using song in either direction to generate the emotion, and being people who express emotion with song, are important traits. And as we are in Tubishvat mode, 
kind of bearing that in mind and that we want to be people who can express gratitude for the subtleties. And if we're not quite there yet, we'll find a way to do so by using song or attentiveness to the physical world around us. We'll use those as tools to help generate the gratitude. We'll hopefully make us people who are greater at appreciating, greater at sharing appreciation, expressing it, and and encouraging others that, are, that surround us by the appreciation we show them. And we'll all be that much more likely to be achieving our tachlis.